Tonight, Vince McMahon is back on WWE's board of directors, and he's brought a for sale sign with him. Will Vince's return result in a return to the way it was for WWE TV? Dana White's slapping show gets slapped off the TBS schedule temporarily. Is Danhausen the new Bullet Club of 2023? AEW touts a new era, but what is the outlook moving forward? And the longest reigning Impact Wrestling World Champion in history, Josh Alexander, joins us on a loaded episode of Sunday Night's Main Event. Sweet love! Professional wrestling! Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people! The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact! Hey, I'm Mike McGuire. Welcome to Canada's Wrestling Radio Show, Sunday night's main event, powered by Great Lakes Beer. A fiercely independent brewery. Order online at greatlakesbeer.com. Now, this show is always available to you for free on the air on TSN Radio, the iHeartRadio, and News Talk Networks, and through our affiliate stations across the country. At snmeradio.com is where you can listen online. But if you'd like the show early, including extended episodes of this show, full-length interviews, daily podcasts covering all sorts of crazy things from wrestling, music, trivia, and more, Sign up for our Patreon. For about five bucks a month, you get it. Patreon.com slash SNME Radio, and you are getting daily content. Every week, a slurry of what can best be described as hot dog filler is thrown at us in wrestling headlines, but we pick through the grinding bin of journalism and find for you the finest cuts and present them to you in a segment known as The Five Count. You want to hear the breaking news? Vince McMahon has returned to the WWE Board of Directors and he's brought two familiar names with him. Even though arguably disgraced and still facing further allegations of sexual improprieties, Vince McMahon has used his majority voting shares to elect himself back on the board of directors of WWE, and he's brought two former executives as board members with him. Now, this move was first announced by Lauren Thomas of the Wall Street Journal on Thursday, and she was reporting that the plan was for Vince to come in and ready the company for a sale. So now the big question is, What does this mean for the, quote, new WWE of the last few months? The language in all press releases upon Vince's return to the board says that fans might not have to worry as much if you've been enjoying what you're seeing on TV. While Vince McMahon's product was largely panned by dedicated fans, his return did have a short-term positive impact on WWE stock price. Now, the language is that there's no immediate plans to change any of the new regime's management plans. Triple H still stays in creative. Shawn Michaels is still doing the stuff in NXT. No management plans are changed. In fact, current WWE co-CEOs Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon released statements saying the exact same thing as Vince, virtually issuing a cut and paste of Vince's announcement earlier on Friday morning. This is a weird story, but there has been some slapback towards Dana White's slap fighting show since his New Year's Eve slap involving his wife, was caught on video. Following along? So a while back, we found out that Dana White, head of the UFC, had received approval from the Nevada Athletic Commission to run a slap fighting league where combatants take turns slapping each other in the face as hard as they can until one fighter can't continue. And that would be the start of the new Power Slap League. This past New Year's Eve, Dana White was caught on video getting into a physical altercation with his wife Anne of nearly 30 years 
during an event in Cabo San Lucas. Now, since that time, Dana White and his wife Anne have both released statements going through TMZ, but TBS, who were set to air the Power Slap show, oddly enough following AEW Dynamite this coming Wednesday, have now rolled the show back to January the 18th. Speaking of AEW and Dynamite, even with a new set and a new era being promoted going into this past Wednesday's show, it's unclear as to why AEW's TV numbers are still struggling. With some sellout shows in new markets ahead, as well as a hot new feud for the world title, AEW is setting up to be the show to be watched, but the TV numbers going into their negotiation year are looking a little softer than they would likely want to see. This past week, AEW announced that Brian Danielson will be wrestling every week on Dynamite, leading up to his championship Ironman match against MJF in March. Sting, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, none of these men have done what Canada's own Josh Alexander can now lay claim to. This past Wednesday, Impact Wrestling announced that Ontario's own Josh Alexander has now surpassed all those names to become the longest reigning Impact Wrestling champion of all time, which is now at 261 days. Now, this includes title reigns when the NWA title was the world championship for Impact slash TNA. Following this remarkable milestone and ahead of a championship defense against Bully Ray at Hard to Kill this Friday the 13th of January, Josh Alexander sits down to join us right here on the show to talk about his historic title reign, the upcoming match, superstitions, wrestling across Canada, and a lot more. It's going to be a great chat with the walking weapon. Plus, he's back. I'm actually referring to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, but you bet your boots we're going to be talking all about the return to WWE for Vince McMahon. What's the story? How much money is on the line? Did he bring back his golden egg? Meltzer and I are going to talk about that and a lot more next on Sunday Night's Main Event. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. Sunday Night's Main Event is brought to you by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Black as night, light as a full moon, deep in character, little is known about the guardian that protects the Great Lakes Stout. His nobility is as thick as his mustache, which belies the essence of the beer he defends. Through this mystery, what one can gather is, with this traditional dry stout, you'll finally vanquish the illusion that dark means heavy. Congratulations, you just found your new session stout. Find a selection of Great Lakes beer at your local LCBO or order online at greatlakesbeer.com. It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. Well, Dave, our first time back together in 2023 after an explosive, dynamic, revolutionary year for WWE. And here we are talking about Vince McMahon. What the heck is going on? He's back as uh, chairman. This happened on Thursday night. The story got out from the Wall Street Journal. And then all of a sudden, the, the releases started coming out from Vince's side with his intent to come back to the board. Friday morning, we found out that he was, in fact, elected back on. George Berrios, Michelle Wilson are also there now. Is this the WWE of old coming back in full swing, do you think? Or is this strictly business? Not, not exactly. Um, okay. The key stuff as it pertains to right now is that... Nothing is changing other than Vince is there to sell the company. 
right. and um you know and and sell it to the people you know he, he wants to sell the company as opposed to them selling the company without him having input into the sale that's the public story everybody else you know stephanie and nick are going to still run the company he's not going to run the company paul's going to still run creative he's not going to run creative that's the public story you know once he's in for a while how long that stays becomes a very different question and then also based on you know sale sales going to take a while you know to, to to get to go through i mean it's not going to happen in like a week or anything but down the line you know with the sale and everything how that all transpires and how everything falls out i mean nobody knows so it's a lot of uncertainty um but you know obviously wall street's very very excited because it's the first time that you know they've heard the word sale and sale means mm -hmm. that the stockholders are going to get a lot of money more than the market value of the th of the thing when it is sold and they won't be shareholders anymore but they're going to get a big return so there's a lot of excitement in wall street about hey we can go in here and when this thing sells you know we're going to make a big return on our investment so that's why the stock's way up everything is uncertain you know i mean you've got the, the new tv deal and um obviously you know it makes all the sense in the world for nbc universal to buy the thing and to get smackdown from back from fox and i mean there's a lot of ways this thing can go and and supposedly vince is not involved in anything but the sale but if he wants to be in charge and he sells, I mean, you know, he can work in like, hey, you know, I'm selling, but I'm still going to be in charge. Post if somebody else sells, Vince is done, you know, because then he'll never right. get back in because he's not the lead shareholder anymore. Mm -hmm. So so that's the basics. I think that's the basic situation. But I mean, I think the key is, is that on December 27th, which is not all that long ago, the board had a meeting about because Vince tried to get back in and they voted like, you know, whatever it was, 11 to nothing or 12 to nothing against him. And that includes Stephanie, Nick and Paul, who now we're welcoming him back. So I think that there's a little bit of a deal there that, hey, you know, I'll, we're not going to have a big public fight. I'm taking over, but you guys uh, can keep your job. And now you got um, five members of the board are gone. Three were replaced by Vince to quit. So, you know, those were the people who voted against him being let back in. And there we are. I guess the question is that if this thing takes too long, I've talked to some people who have been around Vince in their time, and you've obviously kept track through the decades as well. If this sale doesn't happen within the next few months or so, is a bored Vince a dangerous Vince in this? Like, is this a case where he's sitting on top? He's like, you know, maybe I'm going to maybe I'll just come check out TV a couple times a week here and, you know, and. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like the longer, the longer this thing goes, Vince is back. He's going to, his fingerprints are going to be there. He, he may not jump in right away, but he's going to have far more influence than he had before. And, and he can hire and fire people. They're basically going to tell everyone that, that nothing has changed other than uh, Vince is there to facilitate a sale. And I'm sure at first nothing will change, but you know, like you said, six, nine months down the line, I think everything will be changed. It'll be back to the, the, the old company. Wow. I mean, then, so that's a prediction, right? I mean, that's that, that could be anything, right? But uh, anything can happen. But I mean, I mean, the, the deal is, though, but once it's sold, then, you know, I mean, there's a million things that are going to happen with sale. And one of them is just that the people who buy it, you know, with job redundancy and things like that, there's going to be uh, a lot of office cuts. And who knows, like the people who are put in charge, what their mentality is going to be. But yeah, I mean, eventually everything is going to be changing drastically, you know, whether it's a year from now or or nine months from now or or 18 months from now, there are no changes per se today, but there are absolutely going to be huge changes and what they are. Nobody knows um, down the line. How much money do you think WWE? I mean, has there even been an estimate thrown out yet as to how much this could sell for and whether or not there would be a bidding war maybe between a Fox and an NBC or 
any other major studio company or network and and NBC Amazon or Saudi Arabia. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of prospective buyers. I mean, UFC got four so billion. You're saying yeah. four billion. Yeah. Um, I mean, the WWE stock right now is probably oh, oh well over six billion as of a Friday morning. So you know, you're talking probably seven eight billion in that range, um, which is a, it's a high price. But if you're NBC or Fox, you know, the value of the programming, it kind of pays off in about eight years, nine years. Now you own it. So then NBC, where's NBC going to be in nine years? I mean, we, nobody knows about TV. That's one of the reasons why this is probably the right time to sell, because two or three years from now, who knows what the market's going to be like? The media market, there's a lot of people in it right now. The media market may weed itself out because the price of being in the media market is so high and the returns are not as guaranteed as they've been for decades. It's just a crazy, crazy time right now. And then there is the competition from streaming platforms where Amazon seems to have limitless resources. Sure. Uh, other ones like Netflix have have famously ran on deficits for the longest time with the plan to recoup as time goes on. Where do you think as you follow wrestling fans, I mean a lot of wrestling fans aren't afraid to find streaming, but wrestling has always been kind of the the TV stronghold as well throughout all the editions of medium, no matter what, whether it was streaming, whether it was even just regular internet broadcasting, whether it was pay-per-view, wrestling was always kind of the most easily accessible thing to watch. Do you think that that TV has a better chance of winning out over these streaming services because of that? No, no, no. Um, I think NBC probably would want it the most. I don't think there's any favorites, put it that way. You know, it can go to streaming and it'll be fine because they'll make their money from their rights fees. You know, no matter what, they're going to have that exposure. You know, if the live gates are down because less people are watching, I mean, it doesn't matter because their money is being made on the rights fees. And if one of these conglomerates buys the thing, I mean, they may just go with the idea of what are we in the house show business for? We don't make any money on it or, right. or we don't make enough money on it. And if they stop making money on it, they'll just cut it out. I mean, like, whereas, whereas Vince would always want to do it and some of the talent would want to do it. It's like, why, why are we even wasting our time on this part of the business? Why are we wasting our time on these other parts of the business? All we want is content um, for our streaming service or for our television station. Well, that seemed to be the Vince approach uh, before he left, obviously. But now, I mean, the house show schedule is in pretty full swing and ticket numbers are on the up, which is good to see for wrestling in general. AEW is in the position now where they're struggling. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. But I, I think overall that the, the biggest shock to me would be that that there would need to be some subscription involvement to watch even the most baseline of WWE programming. I think that they would try not to do that. But, you know, I just don't know where the media is, where the media stuff is. Right. I think that they would want to have, you know, your five free hours or seven free hours a week and then everything else, you know, the premium content. But even the premium content, the price isn't so high right now on Peacock. They're a big part of Peacock's growth. So um, right. that's why I think, again, like I can really see NBC going going for the whole thing because they can put SmackDown on NBC itself, which has now been something that's been discussed. Obviously, Raw, you know, will, will probably stay on USA to save USA as long as USA is worth saving. And then Peacock will get like the next day rights and all of that other stuff. And because um, I think that that's what's going to happen come October is the Peacock will get the next day rights to Ron SmackDown and okay. and and where it would and it makes more sense to get it on NBC because I'm sure Fox doesn't want this show that Peacock has the next day rights to. It is a successful Friday night show in some ways for Fox. I mean, ratings wise, it's good. Advertising wise, it is not that good, but um, it's probably still going to be a lot more effective than anything else they're going to put on on Friday night. So there's still value to Fox to this to the SmackDown show. 
Now, Vince McMahon's return. We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Vince McMahon's return to the board of WWE, chairman of the board, whatever you want to say. He is now, once again, a figurehead in the company. There are still allegations that are coming in. There are still pending legal issues with his past sexual improprieties, allegedly. Is he basically Teflon at this point? Like, does, does Wall Street just not care? They, they just see the word sale. And that's the excitement. You know, right. it's not Vince McMahon. The, the number going up is not Vince McMahon coming back. It's Vince McMahon saying sale. If Vince right. didn't say sale, I mean, that's the whole gimmick of the whole thing. If Vince didn't say sale, I think the price would have gone down because pe- people would have looked in there and go like, oh, my God, there's going to be infighting. This isn't good. But with the idea that they're selling now, it's a really exciting time to buy the stock. So, um, yeah, that's that's the basic key to all this. But they asked me if this was a case of Vince almost blackmailing WWE into letting him in, where he said, like, I'm not going to approve anything, any transactions of any kind when it comes to TV rights deals or anything, unless you yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's part of it. Yeah, I'm not going to approve of a sale, you know, and and, um, you know, and, and um you know, that was uh, that was a big part of it. And like, yeah, I mean, like, look, the, the TV stuff is um, 2024, but the negotiations are going to start later this year. Right. You know, if he says I'm not going to approve of any deal, it kind of hamstrings all their negotiations. So, yes, is that part of it? It absolutely is. Yeah. Who'd have thought that pro wrestling would be such a hot lead for the Wall Street Journal of all things? The value of wrestling right now is that television is hurting mm-hmm. and wrestling is consistently staying up. You know, I mean, like staying at, at, a, at a good level, it's not declining as fast as television. So therefore, each year it becomes more and more valuable. I mean, the NFL is the one that's super valuable. Right. Right. But, but but there's only a couple of consistent properties like that. You got the NFL, the NBA that are very, very strong. And then, you know, baseball and hockey and everything are, are only strong during the playoffs. Wrestling strong 52 weeks a year. There we go. Some of the latest goings on. I know, Dave, we're going to have a whole week to look at. What happens next with WWE? So I look forward to talking to you again next week about this. Let's uh, shift gears quickly now to AEW. They had some pretty alarmingly low numbers on Wednesday night. Any reason you can think of why with uh, a new set, the new era being advertised, a pretty hot angle going into full gear with MJF and and Danielson, why do you think the the viewership numbers just aren't there right now? It's just always, it's always the same at Star Power. The people, you know, the, the lineup that they advertised did not intrigue enough people to watch. Hopefully, it's an aberration, but but it is, you know, they they've been declining. I mean, like you know, and they've been, and I mean, I know they put on great television the last month, and they've had hot crowds. You watch this thing, and you go, man. It's yeah. about to take off. It's about to take off. And they are starting to trickle back in, in a lot of markets with attendance. And attendance usually does precede growth in ratings by several months. So you can look at this and go maybe down the line. It's going to start to trickle up once the kind of, you know, this this all you know starts to get hot again. But there's no guarantees um, that that's going to happen. I mean, you um, ratings are a funny business. And um you know, it's not about like really exciting matches. Angles used to help, but now there's so many angles that angles don't really help either. It's just about people wanting to see certain people. And, and you know, even if Punk comes back, you know, which, you know, obviously is another thing that's I do want to talk story. about that too. Yeah, but we'll stick with this for here. Yeah, but even if Punk comes back, I mean, the fact is, is that when he came back the last time, it didn't jump the numbers either, but he still would be a bigger star than what they have. And you have to, it's weird because it's so hard to build stars right now. But the existing stars, if you over if you put them on week after week after week, and even if they're good, you know, like Moxley and Jericho, they, who, who've been really carrying the company in a lot of ways in the last couple of months, 
they're there every single week. Right. So it's it's hard to do new stuff, and then they need new new opponents. But the new opponents, like you know, like such throw the name Ricky Starks, right? Looked really really good, great promo and everything. It's still like okay, his name is known to the existing fan base that watches, but the average person doesn't know him, and it right. takes a long long time for that to get over, you know, all of these new guys, it's hard. And then when your numbers are lower, it's harder to get guys over when less people are watching. It's a real, you know, I, I know people there that are, that are, you know, they're very disappointed in the number this week. And, and I guess I probably was too, because it's like, you really feel like, man, that they're, they're really doing good. If they could sign, um, you know, a, a, another CM Punk, a, but, but not CM Punk, but like a, another giant WWE signing. Yes. That would probably help. The name did come up. There's been stories coming out that CM Punk may be open to a return. Um, he, he certainly, he cert- watching him and his and what he's doing makes me feel like he is looking to to return, which then becomes very intriguing because you know obviously there's people there that want him back, but they're probably the minority, and there are people there that that strongly don't want him back. And um, there's chaos. I mean, that whole thing was really damaging to the company and they haven't dug their way out of it. You know, even though the morale is, you know, better and everyone's excited about a lot of things. The fact is, is that that was a real that whole thing in September really hurt them a lot. Even if everything was copacetic and fine, the best thing to do for him is to keep him away until he's ready for the comeback. So there's no decisions that can be made. But, you know, the lower the ratings are. Um, the better his odds of being brought back are also. And mm-hmm. so I think that for the guys who don't want him back, um, the, 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 the lower ratings are, are, are not a good thing. If the ratings started, you know, going way, way up, they could go in there and go, we don't need him right now this week. You know, you, you can run around and go, we don't need him. And it's like, mm, especially this being the contract, you know, contract year for AEW too. This year is more important. This year starting out way down from last year. Yeah, so exactly. Like- and and they also didn't get the ROH deal. So this tells me that, you know, as, as great of effort. And I, I will say, I, I have no doubt that Tony and his team, uh, Tony Connor, putting in as much effort as they can to get their product to be as strong as they can for these negotiations. Some things just don't click, right? And it's, it's nobody's fault. It's just kind of the way it is right now. The, the wrestling business for fans well, is so oversaturated. Like, how, how can you argue for more? You got to remember a year ago, okay, when they had just gotten Adam Cole and Punk and and Danielson. It's like all of a sudden they're getting guys that were are really big names that were hot. Yeah, and um, and there was like this momentum of you know, like in New York and Chicago, they were beating WWE at the, at the arenas. They were beating them. They were not going even. Mm-hmm. They were beating them in key markets. They were even in others. There were some markets WWE was ahead a year ago. Now. And I think, you know, a lot of it, we've, I've talked about this before with you, is, is I think that when WWE started doing those stadium shows a year ago, it's like, who's really the major league? Do we have two major yeah. leagues? You know, maybe WWE's ahead, but AEW's gaining. Now it's like WWE's ahead. WWE can do WrestleMania and do 70,000 people. AEW, maybe for a big show, can do 10, um, you know, maybe even 15 or whatever, but, but they can't do 70. And mm-hmm. WWE is the major league. And when it's entrenched, the number two league, is 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 you know that's that's the problem is 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 no matter how good they are when you are the established name brand man it's hard to topple and i don't think that AEW ever expected to topple WWE but for a while there they were in this position where they were considered by enough people to be close to that level and maybe by some people to be above that level and that perception is is not really there today 
We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Of course, he'll keep you up to date throughout the week as to what's going on with WWE and the return of Vince McMahon. I want to leave on kind of a fun note, though, Dave. Pro Wrestling Tees came out recently with their top-selling T-shirts of 2022. Number one on that list, Danhausen, above of CM Punk and MJF. What are people who aren't aware of missing the boat with Danhausen, and why do you think this guy is so hot? It's a cult thing. People want to buy the merch, you know, um, and he's not even featured that song on TV. I mean, he's on TV, but it's, it's you know, he's not featured on TV like Chris yeah. Jericho's featured on TV, you know, where he's doing long segments every week. Is, is Dan Housen the new Bullet Club shirt, you think, of, of the year? No, no, I mean, no, no. Because I mean, I, oh, I, I know go, I'm just I would teasing, go in but... public in malls and see Bullet Club shirts. I don't see Dan Housen shirts anywhere, but it's it, it is something that's selling. It's a uh, you know, I mean, and and that's a good thing. You know, I mean, um, um. You know, it, it's it's the cult thing that's caught on with with a segment of the audience. All right. Well, there you have it. Dave Meltzer again uh, weighing in on the wrestling world this week. Uh, <laughs> happy typing, man. I'm sure you're going to be busy. Oh, man, it's going to be a tough week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care of yourself. Coming up next. Oh, this this might interest you, Dave. Josh Alexander, the longest reigning impact wrestling champion. Now we're going to talk to him. Uh, what are your oh. thoughts on Josh and, and how he's been? I, doing? You know, I'm a big fan of Josh. I mean, yeah. he's a really good. He's a really good wrestler. And that match he had with Mike Bailey a couple of weeks ago, man, that right. was uh, that was a really great pro wrestling match. Well, we're going to talk about that and a lot more with Impact Wrestling's longest reigning world champion ever, Josh Alexander, next on Sunday night's main event. Submit your feedback to Sunday night's main event by joining the group on Facebook. Search SNME Radio. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. If you're a fan of Sunday night's main event, check out WrestlingObserver.com, a daily podcast, multiple podcasts per day, with hosts Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and a number of others. You get a full library of podcasts dating back to 2005, over 9,000 shows, hundreds of back issues of Dave's Wrestling Observer newsletter dating back to 1991, and so much more. Don't miss out. Check it out today, WrestlingObserver.com. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Hey there, I'm Mike McGuire. Well, amidst all the Vince McMahon news with WWE and him returning to the board of directors, there was another big story that happened in wrestling as far as wrestlers go. Impact Wrestling's Josh Alexander set a new record for being the Impact World Champion. I had the chance to catch up with him. Here is a chat with the longest reigning Impact Wrestling Champion in history, Canada's own, Josh Alexander. For the first time ever, happy to talk to the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, Josh Alexander. Josh, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This came on the announcement from Impact Wrestling that you, sir, are now the longest reigning Impact Wrestling Champion. Does that even does that even make sense to you in your world at all? um yes and no uh it doesn't make sense to me thinking back to the 12 year old boy that was just a wrestling fan watching tna for the first time you know never thinking it was possible to be a professional wrestler uh it doesn't make sense to even me six years ago laying in a hospital bed with a broken neck thinking i was never going to wrestle again like none of this makes sense but then uh you know you stop and you smell the roses and you realize that you know i've put in so much hard work to be in this position that i'm in right now and uh you know, I busted my ass and here we are getting the fruits of it. And, uh, you know, I, I got to stop and be proud of myself every once in a while. So I'm extremely proud of what I've been able to accomplish right now. 
Absolutely. So to go through the list here, they sent out this wonderful graphic. And I mean, this as someone who's been an Impact Wrestling fan for years and years as well. The names that you've superseded in fifth place with 189 days, a guy called Sting. I've heard of him. I think that's how you say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like right there, that has to be enough, right? Like, but I mean, as we keep going, like Johnny Impact, I didn't realize his run was this long, 196 days, but that's pretty cool. Someone else who might be synonymous with wrestling fans and, and they might have heard of uh, AJ Styles at 211. And then the record you broke was by Bobby Roode, 256 days. I do want to talk about that in a minute here, but. How does it feel to be the guy who hit 257 and beyond now? Those are some big names in the history of Impact Wrestling. I mean, it's just kind of the same answer, man. On one end, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's completely unbelievable. But on the other end, like, I, I, this is the only thing I've ever been good at. This is the only thing I've ever wanted to do, had a passion for. I've been completely obsessed with it ever since the first time I stepped foot in a ring. And, you know, there's been a ton of hard work and a ton of sacrifice to get to this point that I'm at right now. So, you know, it has to... I have to stop and think that I do belong on this list with these people that, you know, they did inspire me to be a wrestling fan, to be, you know, become a wrestler in the first place. So on that end, it's surreal, but, you know, to be in the same company with names like that, I, I guess I got to stop and realize that, you know, I, I kind of belong here now. Let's talk about some of the names that you're in the company with uh, impact wrestling had their year end awards. You took three uh, for best male wrestler, best moment and you winning the world championship and then also match of the year. Talk about holding out to the last minute pretty well here. But uh, this match you had was Speedball Mike Bailey, a 60 minute classic. Like it looked like they were just going to go full Broadway. And then you pull it out. You literally wrestled to the last second of the match and got the pinfall win. I mean, you can go down with uh, Eddie Edwards and all the other great matches you've had. And two totally different matches, too, because that was actually my pick until I saw the speedball match as well. I was like, that's, that's a fantastic match. But if you go back to the Eddie Edwards match and for fans that haven't seen it, look up Josh Alexander and Eddie Edwards, first of all, but then look up this match with speedball, Mike Bailey, two totally different matches, two totally different opponents, but you, you just gel in there. How important is it to you to stay versatile and be ready to work with any style of wrestler? Uh, it's extremely important for me. It, it's, it's only because I was such a fan of guys like Eddie Guerrero and HBK and Bret Hart, you know, Kurt Angle. Like these are the people that inspired me as a pro wrestling fan. And when I became a wrestler, I wanted to be just like them. And if you look at their bodies of work, I think they could work with anybody, no matter size, style, whatever. Uh, so it's been something that, you know, I, I've worked really hard at for the past, you know, I'm in my 18th year of wrestling this year to kind of, you know, be able to work with anybody and kind of, you know, if you're a high flyer, I can meet you there. I, I'm quick too. If you're technical, I, I know that stuff. I'm trained in that. If you want to go brawling, I can do that. And I mean, it brings us now to, uh, you know, hard to kill. I'm stepping foot in the ring in a completely different environment than I've ever been in before that I don't even know if I can succeed at. So that's going to make things even more interesting. Are you nervous at all with that? Or is it just more motivation for you to, to get even more ready for, for a different style of match. Cause yeah, this is going to be something crazy too. I think I'm always kind of nervous. Uh, I mean, they, somebody, I don't know the quote, but it's like, if you don't get nervous, you don't get butterflies and you're, you're not doing the right thing. You don't need to do it anymore or something like that. But uh, I always get nervous. I always get butterflies. The stakes are much higher for this one. Uh, I mean, stepping foot in the ring with a two-time hall of famer, multi-time champion, one of the, like, he's probably an icon in our business. Really. He's one of the most successful wrestlers 
ever that's still competing. And for me to be able to go into a match and defend my championship against a guy like Bully Ray in something he's made his name doing, and he is very well versed in and something that I'm not, you know, known for being good at whatsoever. It's just an extra challenge. It's a little bit more pressure, but uh, I embrace and love the pressure, man. Full metal mayhem is what they're calling this. And it is Bully Ray. It is a guy who seems to be almost in a renaissance of his own career now and, and coming back in ways to, to do matches like this. When I, I guess when you get the, the opportunity or this is discussed that you're going to put yourself in this situation here with a hall of famer, are you, are you seeking advice from people similar to him or is it a situation where you want to go in and see what you're able to offer? Like, is it how much, how much is it a give and take, I guess? And I don't want to go too far behind the curtain here because we don't do that, but, but I, I'm just wondering how much of a give and take is it and how much are you going to be taking versus giving, I guess? I, I mean, I, I have a ton of ideas and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I just want to make this something memorable and special. Like, like I do any other match that I'm in, but like the difference with those ones, bell to bell and a professional wrestling match. Like I, I think I've proven that, you know, I can make those matches pretty memorable and special no matter who I'm in the ring with. And I've been very lucky to be in the ring with some of the very best wrestlers of all time this past year, especially with all these defenses. And you talk about names like Kaz and Eddie Edwards and Alex Shelley and Eric Young and Ishii, even like matches like the matches I've had, I've forgotten happened because one trumps the other one after the other, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, with bully, like clearly he's the specialist in this kind of thing. So, um, you know, you will defer to him from time to time, but there, I have a ton of ideas to make this special and kind of put my own mark on it. It will be a give and take. So. Would you say that bully's coming in with a, a chip on his shoulder and he's coming in angry? Like he's, he's definitely wanting to, to tear things apart a bit here, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think look, not only is he in the best shape, I think we've ever seen him in like, ever <laughs> um but like I, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder to show like that he's still you know he's still in the conversation for being one of the best wrestlers around and you know the stuff that he's been able to do on the microphone leading up to this this match has shown that like he that old school style of like the promo to get heat and stuff like that that he's exceptional at that like i i can take away and learn so much from that stuff but uh like in the ring when you know we get in there maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder that he's heard people tell him that I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's like, Oh yeah, we'll see. I, I bet he's saying that in his head. So, you know, I, uh, I'm ready for the challenge. Friday the 13th from center stage in Atlanta, Georgia, famous wrestling destination, first of all, but that man right there, Josh Alexander, the longest reigning impact wrestling world champion will be defending his title against bully Ray coming up after the break. We're going to talk more to Josh about, well, just touring across his home country of Canada, what it's like for him being the Impact World Champion now in the Indies, and if he has any superstitions towards wrestling on Friday the 13th. That and a lot more with the champ, Josh Alexander, right here on Sunday Night's Main Event. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. Sunday Night's Main Event is brought to you by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Black as night. Light as a full moon, deep in character, little is known about the guardian that protects the Great Lake Stout. 
His nobility is as thick as his mustache, which belies the essence of the beer he defends. Through this mystery, what one can gather is, with this traditional dry stout, you'll finally vanquish the illusion that dark means heavy. Congratulations. You just found your new session stout. Find a selection of Great Lakes beer at your local LCBO or order online at greatlakesbeer.com. This is Sunday night's main event on DSN Radio. We're talking to the Impact Wrestling World Champion, Josh Alexander. Friday the 13th of January. That is just about a week away from where we're at right now. Are you a superstitious guy at all, Josh? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I'll break okay. a mirror, walk under a ladder. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes on a Friday the 13th. Uh, no, no, I, I, my, my wife, super superstitious, but uh, me, really? I, I try to get away from all that stuff. So, How does she feel about you being in a match like this on the 13th? Uh, I mean, regardless if it was on the 13th, she wouldn't feel good about it. Uh, I think that it is on the 13th. It adds a little bit of heightened, uh, you know, nerves and worry for her, but, uh, you know, if there's one thing that's been consistent throughout our relationship and her being a part of my career, it's that uh, I'm always going to get beat up, but I'll always keep going and I'm not going to stop. So if she's not used to it by now, she's going to have to be used to it after hard to kill. So she just has the ice bags and hot water bottles ready. Got it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So when we come back to your historic now title reign here, the longest reigning impact wrestling champion, as someone who, like you said, is a super fan in this business, and as someone who uh, obviously respects the lineage of Impact, going back to TNA, going back to the very beginning here, there have been champions that have defined their eras. This has always been the company that that fans and analysts have always said just will not die, and for many good reasons. When I look at, at Bobby Roode, the guy whose record you just broke, as the longest champion. I think that was honestly probably one of my favorite periods of impact wrestling was when he was the world champion there for fans that are always kind of coming in and out of impact. What can you tell them to expect from this show? And and maybe they haven't seen impact in a while. Why should they be tuning into hard to kill? I mean, you should be tuning into impact in general, but you, if you're turning into hard to kill and you don't know what you're going to see, you're going to see a collection of some of the hungriest, hardest working, best wrestlers in the world. Whether you know them or not, you will know them after you watch this show because everybody's hungry. All of us have a chip on our shoulder. We're out there to prove the world wrong because whether we want to admit it or not, there is a negative connotation towards Impact Wrestling from time to time because of some dark ages that have happened. But these last three, four years, we have put together some of the best shows from start to finish. Trust me, as somebody that goes out there in main event shows, Sometimes I have to follow matches where I'm like, oh man, I'm in for it tonight. I'm gonna have to work my ass off to try to follow that. And, uh, you know, it's just all of us trumping each other, pushing each other. And it's a very, uh, it's a great locker room for that because we're always pushing each other and raising the bar. But, uh, you know, you get something for everyone. We have some of the greatest women's wrestlers on the planet. This whole women's wrestling revolution that everybody wants to talk about, that started with the knockouts and impact wrestling. You never saw women get the kind of time or the main event space until, you know, Impact did that early on. We have made our name on that. We have made our name on the X Division, some of the best high flyers in all of pro wrestling, giving you something different at all times. And then you have stuff like Johnny Swinger just making you laugh, doing some of the most entertaining stuff you've ever seen. So there is something for everybody. You cannot watch the show and not find something you like. I guarantee that. 
I want to know the stuff that Johnny Swinger does that doesn't make it on the camera, but uh, maybe we'll have that <laughs> conversation another time. Uh, another thing here, just as the Impact World Champion, you're not afraid to still take dates. You've been everywhere. In fact, uh, you were just out in Edmonton with some friends of mine at uh, Top Talent Wrestling there, had a match. When you're in that position as champion, I mean, the urge could be to, you know, take it easy, save your spot. You know, you're, you're the top guy, but you're still out there. You're still going everywhere. How many dates on top of your Impact schedule roughly are you doing a month right now? Uh, I would say six to eight, usually on average a month. Um, and that that's something I'm probably going to slow down a little bit in 2023 with me doing more international stuff. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to UK and I'm going to Australia. Hopefully I'm going to Japan this year, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it, it's been very important to me to stay active because that's something I've done throughout my entire career. I think it keeps me sharp. I, I think going to shows like that one in Edmonton and wrestling, young, hungry, up and coming wrestlers like, uh, you know, all those guys on any show on the independence that that just inspires me to keep working and pushing myself even harder. And it, you know, it, it definitely helps. And, uh, I, especially for a show like that and other shows that I do across Canada, I don't want to abandon the Canadian independence. If I can help get eyes on those shows with the name value that I've built up as impact champion, and it can get eyes on these other wrestlers that might be struggling to get noticed, like all the power to them. And I want to help all I can. Well, and that's the great thing, too. I mentioned earlier about how the, the reign of Bobby Roode's time was one of my favorite times of impact. I think now with the consistency that you've shown as being a guy that delivers, as being a guy that, that can literally wrestle any style, uh, at least I can imagine that. I mean, I, I don't know. You're the guy doing it. But every time I see you, you're always ready to go no matter who the opponent or what the situation is. I mean, this is a compliment. I think you are the guy that can carry impact into another golden era here. Um, you know, and, and you, you're the one that said, you know, I, I try not to look at it as dark times. I think there was probably some weird business stuff that fans pay too much attention to going on in the back. Cause if you ask anybody, if they ever said, well, what was going on in the ring? That was always great. Impact has always had great wrestling. And now I think that this generation that you are a part of with impact wrestling that you're leading, frankly, as the world champion, I think that this is probably one of the most exciting times in impact. So I wanted to commend you, sir, because it's, it's a lot of fun to watch as a wrestling fan. Well, thank you. That's all I could ask for, man. Like the, it's a ton of pressure because I love this locker room. I love everything and everybody that's involved with impact wrestling. And I want to just make everybody proud with what I do, whether it be the in-ring work I do defending this championship or, you know, championing the company around the world, doing media tours and stuff like this. Uh, anything I can do to help the company grow, to help everybody else. Like that's, that's just what I want to do. I want to make everybody proud. Well, I think you're doing it, man. When it comes to who you're paying attention to, who you've seen out there, who are some people that, Again, if they're just coming back to Impact for the first time or or maybe you've seen elsewhere in your touring, who are some people that, that are catching your eye and saying, man, that, that person is going to be somebody? I think it's undeniable within the Impact Wrestling roster to say that I, I haven't been paying attention and keeping my eye on someone like Steve Macklin. I think he's gained a, a tremendous amount of momentum over this past year. I think he's uh, very good in the ring. I think whenever, if ever, that match happens between me and him, it'll be something special. I think there's a great deal of momentum behind that that one right there. Uh, and then there's a bunch of just people on the independents that have yet to be signed that I think are you know young, hungry, and have something to show. Uh, somebody from Canada, I think Judas Icarus, he's out of Vancouver area, wrestles for Defy every once in a while. He's probably the best in-ring talent I have wrestled in Canada. And he's so young. He has so much talent. It, it blows me away. 
Um, and then for the American independence, there's, there's guys like, uh, Bounty Keith out of Texas and JDX out of Minnesota. There's, there's these people that I've mentioned time and time again to our talent relations, you know, department to just get an eye on these people. Cause they're going to get signed eventually to somebody else. And you're going to, you know, you're going to be sorry if they get somewhere else before they come here. So there, there's a ton of names out there. There's a lot of young, hungry wrestlers that are very good. And, uh, you know, I wish them all the best. I hope that, you know, it can materialize into them coming to impact wrestling. Cause I would embrace that. Friday the 13th, it's coming up fast. Impact Wrestling presents Hard to Kill. This man defending his Impact Wrestling World Championship against the legendary Bully Ray. I've crossed paths with Bully Ray, too, and that guy's all business. Even when he's in a good mood, he's all business. So uh, I'm I'm part very excited for you. I'm part saying uh, watch your six, man, because I, uh, I want to see good things happen for Josh Alexander here. I didn't know Bully had a good mood, so that's that's good to hear. Well, <laughs> it was usually well after the show. So, <laughs> Last question before we go, because like myself, like a lot of people listen to our show, you're obsessed with wrestling. What is the one thing that gets your attention out of wrestling? What What's something? Is it a show? Is it something you like to do? What is your non-wrestling thing that, that keeps you going? Uh, well, like the, I have like boring stuff. Like I'm obsessed with like working out and bodybuilding and stuff like that. That's just something <laughs> that's grown through professional wrestling. But like, uh, like, you know, pretty much everyone else in North America, I'm completely obsessed with, uh, everything Taylor Sheridan. Uh, so Yellowstone or 1923 and 1883 and all these shows. I, I actually discovered him with Sicario in a movie called wind river like years ago before Yellowstone ever came and everything that guy puts out is amazing. So. Well, this has been amazing. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Once again, Josh Alexander, your Impact World Champion. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me. That interview was a ton of fun. And to be honest, as watching Josh Alexander on TV on Impact Wrestling, I didn't expect him to be as uh, as loose as he was. You know, when you walk around calling yourself a walking weapon, it kind of kind of sets a line, right? Hey, we got lots more to talk about next week on the show here. We're going to delve more into Vince's return to the board directors for WWE. AEW, we barely touched on this week, but they've got some big things coming. Love talking about wrestling and love having you here for it. Until next week, thanks for listening and letting us do what we do. Play safe, drive safe. Bye. Be seeing ya.